0: You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3.
1: Recently, Chuck Bentley of Crown Financial Ministries was asked, hey, my husband and I have generous hearts, but in reality, our actual giving is not so great. Can you help me develop a plan to be more generous? I'm sure that was music to Chuck's ears. He's going to share his response with us today. Chuck, good morning. Thanks for joining us.
2: Hi, Bridget. Hi, Eric. Good morning to you.
0: Good morning. This points to the fact that, you know, our intentions can be good, but without a plan, it just they're just intentions, correct?
2: Totally, Eric. You know, most people say they want to be generous, want to be really generous and even would rate themselves as pretty generous. But when they look at it in actual numbers, usually most people are right in the average when it comes to generosity.
1: Mhm. And and you even as you answer this listener or this writer you admit um where you and your wife were years ago.
2: Well, yeah, I was average for I think 21 years of our marriage, Bridget, and mm-hmm. I was pretty happy with that and any time I heard a message on giving or generosity, I felt um I felt guilt, not I just didn't like those messages and I uh, I felt like people were trying to coerce me to be generous and I didn't feel conviction of the Lord, but it was through my wife's uh, urging because of her desire to be more generous than 2.6% of our income, which was the national average. Uh, I, I felt her challenge to me was, how grateful are you for the Lord? And if you're grateful for what the Lord's done for you and done in your life, then let's express that through generosity. So one of the real changes was shifting from this guilt trip of generosity to a, a trip of gratitude, where I was just saying, thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. How, how could I not be more generous and to try to reach for greater levels of generosity?
1: Well, I love the fact that you say here, too, that it was your wife's encouragement uh, that kind of led you to down this road. Can you share a little bit about how? Because there's always a right and wrong way, right, to talk about finances when it comes to our spouse, and even around this topic of generosity.
2: Well, Anne, Anne said to me, Chuck, I don't, I'm don't, i not happy at 2.6%. And I said, well, what would, what would you like to do? And she, of course, used a biblical reference. She'd like to do 10% of our of our total annual income, like 10% of the gross. And I said, well, what decade would you like to start? Because I didn't think there was any way that we could do that. And she said, I would like to start now. I said, well, that would require a complete change of our lifestyle. She said, exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what I'm willing to do. And so we started that now 22 years ago, Bridget. And we've been making generosity our top priority for 22 years. Did it still,
0: even though you changed your, did it still take a little while to get there? Or did you say, okay, this, this is just where it's going to be and we're going to do it from right now to, to, I mean, did it still take a little time to get there?
2: Well, in our case, we started immediately and mm. it took a lot of adjustment. It, it mostly took an adjustment in the way I thought about money. Right. Uh, Eric, I. You know, I looked at money as mine, and how much should I give to God? My wife looked at money as it's all the Lord's, and how much should we spend on ourselves? So we were inverted. We're we're perfect opposites, Eric, and, and she's the better opposite than I am. She's the better side of that oppositeness, and she helped me to see and to understand that everything belongs to God. I'm not giving away my money. God's not asking to pull it from my hands. He's actually filling my hands with money, and I'm just opening them up and letting him distribute it where he wants it to go.
1: You suggested or you landed on that 10 percent number. Is there a percentage that you think we should all be giving? Because I know a lot of people (laughs) teach the tithe, and then that can be controversial because that was Old Testament. What's your perspective on that?
2: Well, I think that it's not a law and we're not being taxed and God doesn't need our money. It's a it's an uh it's to me it, it flows from your heart of gratitude. And I think 10% is just a starting point. I actually think we should all strive to do more every year than 10% to go beyond that because um because God's so good to us. And mm-hmm. so I like 10% as sort of the training wheels as an objective, but you know, Bridget, I know people who are 90% givers. I know people that are 95% givers. I know people who give the percentage of their income for the years they've been married every year. So they, got, they, you know, they started at 10, and then they add a year. Now they've been married 25 years, so they're giving 35% of their income and joyfully doing it. They're not under some law or some tax. They're just expressing their gratitude to God.
0: Now, in this article, you you sent us to a very important passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 16.12 that says, On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. All right, what about that passage is important to us as we think through this whole process?
2: Well, I think Paul is telling us savings should be a regular part of our life. When he said weekly, I think it ties to when we go to the house of worship and we say, you know, Lord, I'm so grateful to have a church. I'm so grateful to have the freedom to be here. I'm so grateful to receive the teaching from God's word. So we regularly support that. Second, it's personally said each of you, each of you, every one of you should make a decision today about 30 to 35 percent of people who attend church regularly give nothing And so Paul is saying everyone should participate. And then he said you should actually save for this purpose. You know, we save for everything else. We save for emergencies, retirement, investment. But seldom are we challenged to save money every week that we're going to give. And I think it takes the fear out of it. I I don't look at giving as some spontaneous action. I look at it as very intentional, very strategic and very purposeful for what God put me here to do.
1: So it should be regular, as you mentioned in this article, but also very personal. Can you unpack that a little bit more?
2: Well, I think there's places where God wants us to give, and He makes it obvious to us. The Spirit sort of speaks to our heart. I like giving to Christian radio, and I say that because not only have we been in radio for more than 25 years as a ministry, But I've seen its power to redeem lives, to change people. You know, one of the biggest givers to our ministry was considering driving his car off of a bridge when he heard Larry Burkett on the radio simply say, God owns everything. He's in control. He'll work out your financial problems. And that person decided not to take their life Hmm. uh, and went on to manage his finances as a godly steward. And now gives to spread this message through us uh, in a very, very generous way. And so he's giving out of gratitude to radio because he knows it reaches so many people. Right now, people are hearing us talk about this, that radio is probably a part of their life where they're receiving teaching and encouragement and worship and and, uh, brightening their day every day. And maybe God's putting it on the heart. This is where I want you to give. It's, it's, I want you to support Mo- Moody Radio. I want you to, to be a part of that matching $50 challenge right now. Mm. We can hear God speaking to us. and A lot of times we'd simply you know, get busy or the noise gr- sort of drowns out that voice. But I think God makes giving personal.
0: Having said that, can I have a different plan than my wife? So if she wants to give to a ministry and I want to give to a different ministry, is is it okay to kind of split it a little bit and and go different directions?
2: Yeah, we do that, Eric. and I have uh, things that uh, God puts on our heart differently, and we like to talk about it. uh, But we also like to honor each other and say, if the Lord's putting that on your heart, then let's do it. And um, and she does that in reverse. If I say, you know, I really think this is what God wants us to do, then and we do it a lot of times. We'll even pray about the amount of what God's asking us to do, and it's always fun when after we prayed, we ask each other, okay, what's your amount? And and when it matches we're like, oh my goodness, how how special is that?
1: Mm, it works. All right, we're talking with Chuck Bentley of Crown Financial Ministries about developing a plan to be more generous. You bring us to another scripture, Proverbs 3, verse 9, that says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Obviously, the Proverbs is filled with admonishment on how we handle our finances, but maybe you can unpack this one too.
2: Bridget, when I think about how I thought about money, and I want to make that very personal. I thought about, okay, what are my obligations? Well, I need a place to live, so I, need, I have to pay my rent or my mortgage. I need a car to drive. I need to have some insurance. I need to have groceries. And you sort of stack all of your financial obligations, and then you get down to what's left. And that typically, okay, oh Lord, I can give something, and maybe this month I can save something. So giving and saving are usually sort of the caboose on the train. And what changed in our life, especially when you read the scripture, how often the Lord says, make him first, honor him, say, you are first. So we decided to live by that simple principle of give first, save second. So we would give before anything else. That's why we were able to flip over our budget. And giving is the priority. Saving comes second. And then we look at our budget and say, now what can we spend? And that keeps us out of trouble every time we give or we press our limits to give, we're also saving money so that we're prepared to give we're not we're not living on the financial edge, and that reduces the fear of giving and so that give first, save second puts God first, it also prepares you for the future. so you're living with wisdom and you're not just tossed to and fro by the challenges of inflation or the challenges of of a Of an economic
0: situation. Chuck Bentley with Crown is with us. Crown.org, by the way, has so many great resources. It was interesting as I was reading this article, I read the plan to become more generous. And so I said, okay, here here it is. Here's the 10 step plan. And then I read that paragraph and went, wait a second, there is no step. It it, it is, that's it right there. Give first, save second. It was was really that simple. And There are helps, though. There are ways to get to that point, but it it was much simpler. I was looking for – wait, where's point number three, four, five, six? No, no. i got to go back and read that paragraph again. It was just truly that simple, correct?
2: Well, Eric, if you do that, it actually solves most financial problems in people's lives. Hmm. First of all, it breaks the grip of materialism because you're living in order to give more, not to get more. And so you're not, you're not feeling this constant urge that I've got to make more money, I've got to have a better car, I've got to have, uh, you know, change the carpet. All those things sort of get minimized because your priorities have shifted, and then your budget starts to change. You, you realize your personal needs and wants decrease and your desire to be used by God. See, I think strategic giving is an investment. And when you get joy from the returns on that investment, it makes you want to do more of it. So for me, giving to radio just makes sense. It's a, it's a great, efficient way to reach a lot of people. And so besides just having my heart move to give and my attitude right about giving, I think as a steward, we want to give to places that are actually doing the work that reaches people with the gospel. And so when you, when you sort of vector all that together and you look at what, what does Moody radio do, you know that makes it a very strategic opportunity. To me, it's, it's a great return on investment as a steward.
1: Of course, it's a strategic time for us as we are gearing up for our share event, and we appreciate your gifts as well, and you can get all the details there on our webpage. But Chuck, as we have you on, you talk about some of the resources you have at crown.org, including a podcast called Crown Stewardship. What will we hear when we tune in there?
2: Well, we talk about uh, not only how to manage your money, how to be a good steward, but also we, we talk about your career, how to be a good steward of your talents, uh, we interview people who are living this out. Most people find it very, very encouraging just to continue to take that step. And I never want it to sound like it's just really easy. You know, living on a budget takes discipline. Living within your means, li- spending less than you earn, all of that takes discipline, and diligence. And we want to encourage people to get on that journey, no matter where they are, to start down that path. Just allow the Lord to take control and he'll work you out of whatever financial stress or strain that you've had. And, and like me, 22 years later, we look back and think, Lord, thank you for that challenge because it it didn't just change our finances; it changed our whole life. Mm. You know, we're radically different people than we were 22 years ago.
0: So you said it's not easy. With our last second here, does it get easier though? I mean, as you talk about 22 years of history here. It might not be easy but does it get easier to think that way
2: it becomes normal for you Mm. it it seems odd that Eric I'm ashamed of the way I used to think I live in a state of repentance for my greediness my selfishness my arrogance for for really the idolatry that money was mine and I would show the world how important I was by how much I accumulated and that's an embarrassing admission to me and I never want to go back to that attitude that this is mine, it makes me more important the more I have, or, or that I can live a flashy lifestyle and be impressive to the world. I simply want to obey God, love him with all my heart, honor him, and to express my love for him by being generous.
1: Well, it really is a matter of the heart and God can begin with us no matter where we are. It's a lifelong journey and you've given us some great thoughts and perspective and encouragement to start. So, Chuck, thank you so much for your time today.
2: Well, I every time I tune in I thank the Lord for Eric and for Bridget because you do such a wonderful job at what God's called you to do. And you're an organization that is certainly worthy of a strategic investment. We appreciate that. We
0: we do also appreciate Crown in the years of uh, just great resources and opportunities they've given us to uh, to help learn more and more about our finances. So thank you for your ministry, also, Chuck. We appreciate it.